Hello, and welcome to Everybody's National Parks. Today, Brian is speaking with his friend Dave about a trip they took with their friend John in October 2016 to Zion National Park. So I'm here with my good friend Dave, and this is a trip report for our trip to Zion National Park, uh, which took place at the end of September into the first few days of October uh, this past fall. And so this is the context of this is uh, Dave, myself, and another friend of ours, John, who could not be on the phone tonight. He's uh, recovering from a cold and his pipes are all banged up. Uh, we tried to go on a guy's trip uh, once a year, which because of family and jobs and obligations, pretty much, I don't know, Dave, becomes about once every three years or so, right? Yeah, about every three um, years we actually get away. <laughs> That's when we can get away, right? So but we got away uh, this fall. And we went to Zion National Park. So uh, Dave's on the line to give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of his perspective too, and, and basically just describe how our trip went, what we thought was great, what we thought was lacking, things we didn't get to do. I mean, it's a big park, and we can only do so much. And uh, and hopefully that's of value to to our listeners, uh, and that they can build on this for their trip or or learn from some of the things that we did and some of the mistakes we made or some of the good things that we did do and some of our observations. So so with that, Dave, just uh, maybe describe yourself a little bit. Describe your, your family. As, as uh, listeners know, this podcast is basically centered around active families. So uh, do, you, do you want to talk a little bit about your family? I teach uh, science at the high school level. I've always enjoyed hiking. I've been hiking ever since I was uh, able to walk. When I was a kid, my family always took the time to take us camping and hiking and I had the opportunity when I was in high school to hike down the Grand Canyon, for example. So, you know, I, I'm no means an expert hiker, but I have been hiking pretty much my entire life. So, you know, I am a school teacher. I am a father of three young, beautiful girls. My oldest is eight, and then I have a six-year-old and also a two-year-old. Um, so I have a lovely wife. Getting away every year is not really a reality with my young children. Uh, I had never been there before, so this, is, this was a, a wonderful opportunity for me to see a part of the country that I am familiar with. I, I've been to other parks in that area, but n not that one personally. So it goes without saying we all have lovely wives that let us escape to just the guys to go out. So uh, we had picked Zion, uh, our friend John's in San Diego, so we wanted something where we can fly at least direct from our various locales and, and uh, flying into Vegas, which was the closest airport uh, to Zion, we we landed uh, early in the morning, and then we were uh, we were on the road right out to uh, the national park. So that first day, Dave. So if you if you can remember, we uh, we pulled into Zion, but we did not camp that night. We we stayed at a uh, hotel, Cliff Rose Lodge. Yeah, right outside the park. I mean, it was it was a stone's throw away from the park's entrance. Right. So, so what'd you think of that place? Really nice place. Uh, nice to have. Our own bed, and then also, uh, you know, a nice dip in the pool that they had out there. So it was nice to get a, a good night's sleep when we knew we'd be hiking eight, nine hours. We got there late afternoon. We had enough time to eat some dinner, and we were wiped out from our traveling. And so, uh, and we're old men, so we, we kind of went right to bed. So I, I, I know you guys jumped in the pool. I think I just went straight to bed. John got attacked by a bat at the pool. John, that's so. right. He got attacked by a bat. That's our first. Our first wilderness adventure is uh, our friend John got dive bombed by a bat at the pool. So, uh, so again, I, I think anyone who knows anything about bats knows that uh, 
they were probably just, you know, eating mosquitoes a few a few feet away from John, not actually dive bombing him, but I'm sure That's it, right. uh, it is frightening. Taking a, taking a set. <laughs> exactly. So Cliff Rose, and then next morning we were up, checked out, and right into the park. And uh, so if you want to orient everyone to the park, Dave, a little bit. So you, you pull into the park entrance, and there is a main thoroughfare, the Scenic Drive, that goes up the spine of the main part of the of Zion National Park at the southern entrance. Do you want to describe what that Scenic Drive uh, is and its conveyance and anything along those lines? Uh, sh- well, sure. So as soon as you get into the park, there is the visitor center, of course. Every national park will have the visitor center right when you enter. So the Zion Visitor Center is, is right away. Two campgrounds available there on the other side. And then that's where you're going to have your uh, bus pickup. You cannot drive uh, throughout the park. So you have this main vein through the canyons. You're basically following the Virgin River. The Virgin River is the, the river that cut Zion Canyon. Um, so, you know, you have this bus route because what had happened is people were driving. And you can imagine that if you had everybody trying to take their cars and, and you know, the congestion would have been too much. And there are several stops there where, you know, you can get out, go on whatever hike is available at that one, one, that one stop. Um, as for the scenery of that main, uh, main vein, it really is breathtaking. From the East Coast, from Long Island, where basically elevation is about 15 feet, when you go to these places out west and, then you, and you look around, you see the canyons and, and you see the sun shining off the canyon walls and, and the colors of the rocks. It, it really is awe-inspiring. Yeah, and, and you're, in a, you're in an oasis too, so it's the contrast of the red rocks of the canyon which are majestic and towering and imaginative, right? It, it stirs your imagination. But then you also, it's, it's not exactly the desert where there's nothing growing. So because of the Virgin River, I, 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 I assume, uh, it's also pretty verdant. So, And we were there in late September, so at least where we were in the southern end, it, the leaves hadn't started to turn yet. Although later on when we talk about when we went up to the Colob Canyon area that uh, we did see the leaves turn. So there was that juxtaposition, which was great. You know, anytime you're following that river, uh, the Virgin River there, or, or any river where you have, and don't don't you know, don't forget that that river floods uh, periodically. That greenery that's surrounding that area really is a vibrant green because there is there is water there. Um, when we were there in late September, <clears throat> certainly the river wasn't high, uh, but but there was good water in the in the river, and we'll talk about the narrows, of course, the hike where we were in the river. So the bus was a, a really well run part of the park and also it keeps the clutter of as dave said automobiles off the road and they ran i thought pretty frequently so it wasn't uh i thought it was about every 15 minutes at, at the most it seemed like we weren't waiting around too much so it was a really well-run operation however dave if you remember there is a hack i guess it's a hack uh if you are staying at the lodge so if you're staying at the zion lodge which which we did not uh or you're eating there, which we did our first night. If you remember, we got basically a hall pass from the visitor center where we were allowed to drive our car on the scenic route. So now I think we just went to the lodge and parked. I, I assume nothing was stopping us from driving up and down the route in our own car as long as we, you know, ended up at that red card. We had the red card. We had the hall pass, right? So, uh, for those for those of you who were contemplating that it, it makes a, it could make a little bit of sense and it's you know the red we're gonna talk about this in a bit but the Red Rock uh, the Red Rock restaurant in uh, the lodge was uh, 
was pretty neat too. But we got there, and our uh, I just want to talk about we're going to go through our hikes a bit. So our first hike was uh, the Emerald Pools hike. And so, Dave, talk a little bit about that uh, Emerald Pools hike, arduous, non-arduous, moderate. Do, do you remember what, what kind of that skill level was? And Yeah, sure. Uh, obviously, it's a pretty descriptive title, so there, there's no surprises in what, what it encompasses. But what, what did you think about that hike? Uh, first hike, you know, I think it was, if I remember correctly, there there were three. Well, there are three pools, so you have the lower, middle, and then of course the upper pools, the the Aaron pools. And that lower is only, I think, about one and a half miles in. So uh, moderate, if not easy to moderate hike, I, I would say, um, to that lower pool, one and a half miles in, and then an extra mile would get you to the other pools. I guess you would go through the middle and then up to the upper. Um, so you're talking about two and a half miles, uh, for the first hike. It was nice for us to kind of get it under our, our feet. In other words, just to get moving, uh, to get the terrain down, just to feel out the terrain. So, you know, there were pools, there was some water in the pools, not as much as maybe there are at other times of the year. I, I think I did read that at other times they were filled up, filled up, came across on the way down, uh, our first encounter of the of wildlife of utah of zion we came across a tarantula yeah yeah talk about you know that, that stared us down uh it wasn't wasn't budging that tarantula wasn't budging <laughs> in, in the path in that's the right path. <laughs> that's right that's right i guess he just yeah. wanted to come out they actually are are pretty cool animals as long as you're not too scared of spiders uh, if you're scared of spiders then just run the other way but well i think you know we're, we're east coast guys so i think if for, for other people in other parts of the country it's probably no big deal but uh for at least for east coast guys i'm not used to, that's the first tarantula i ever saw in the wild i've only seen them at you know yeah. zoos and and behind a behind an aquarium glass right a terrarium glass right so uh yeah it was cool to see one in the wild and uh, just chilling in the middle of the uh in the path now again of course the one thing and i'll take the shot here so i agree with you not an arduous hike great hike for kids cuz what kids don't like magical pools I don't know how emerald they were. I suppose at times they're emerald, but they're certainly three distinctive pools, uh, and it's not a hard hike. Uh, However, uh, do you remember what happened to me on basically at the lower pool, probably 10 minutes into, basically 10 minutes into our first trip of the weekend? Remember what I did? I do remember. You were showing off your (laughs) brand new, brand spanking new. Days old. (laughs) iPhone 7. And uh, uh, throughout the whole walking up, over the first 10 minutes saying you were uh, going to drop it and you should never have it out and you're going to drop it. And then guess what? You dropped it within, what was it? It was within 15 minutes of the first hike. Second picture. Yeah, no, I was, it, 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 I'd psyched myself Shattered. out. I was so, <laughs> the way, shout out to the Apple store in Las Vegas on our way back for, uh, for being able to turn this around and getting me a new phone actually. So it was, uh, it was pretty That's- lucky, but I felt like a dummy for the rest of our trip because I had shattered shattered glass on my brand new phone. That's neither here nor there to the hike. So we did the Emerald hike, uh, and then again we had the hall pass to the uh, Red Rock restaurant at the Zion Lodge. And so the Zion Lodge is, uh, and look, I'm a lodge, uh, I'm a lodge junkie for the national parks. We couldn't, we couldn't fi- get room there to stay there for a night, uh, but I thought at the very least we'd eat there. Uh, so we, we, we ate there and I, you know, I just remember I ate a ton and I don't remember what I got, but I know I ate a ton and, um, and it was pretty wiped out afterwards. 
but the lodge was nice. The lodge was just nice to 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 walk around and kind of the classic national park lodge. Yep. And uh, dinner was there. And one thing, and I'm looking at my notes, they did have uh, ranger programs, uh, including an astronomy uh, class that night, and they also had a wings of the past uh, ranger led uh, program about. Um, oh, that's right. I guess dinosaur, you know, yep. uh, dinosaurs that had flight. I guess so. Well, yeah, I think uh, we're talking about the birds um, that evolved from dinosaurs. So, right, right. Uh, we were too wiped out to, to mess with that. I, so. I would have loved to seen the astronomy program. Certainly, right. from the East Coast, you know, where you can't escape light pollution. Going out there, the stars, you know, that's something that we can talk about at some point. But the stars are well, just just beautiful. I mean, just it was amazing. astounding. And and you know, free plug here, you know, Dave. You can tune in to our, uh, our podcast on Shenandoah because we did the astronomy program at Shenandoah National Park twice ah. in the spring and in the fall. So uh, yeah. we, we actually had, had done it a week before uh, I came out to, to Zion with you guys. That last, just one more thing on the Emerald Pools. It was nice that it was for our first hike. When we come off the hike, it was at the lodge. So basically, we right off the hike, we just walked right over to the lodge and had dinner. That's right. Uh, That's right. So it, that, it, it is a nice start to the, uh, you know, the hiking vacation if you're doing a hiking vacation. So certainly two and a half miles, doable for a whole family. And then when the kids are complaining, you know, coming home or coming back off the hike, you just jump and get them some French fries or something right at the restaurant. So Yeah, we, we couldn't have planned that out if we tried. But certainly, the, you know, Emerald Pools, great kid-friendly hike. Uh, and again, the, the lodge is right there. But it's a nice segue into another hike which you and i and i know john as well will speak for him had definite thoughts on kid friendliness for the next hike and that is the famous narrows hike narrows from the bottom uh so so we did that we got up early caught not the first bus but perhaps maybe the second bus or so up and uh we wanted to get an early start at the narrows which uh, of course is a i'll let you explain it too it's a it's a narrow canyon uh, part of the Virgin, it is the Virgin River, so the hiking trail is the river itself, and uh, it's a, it's so it's a wet hike, and it is, uh, it is was about ten miles all in, uh, and so we we did that hike. So Dave, some give me some initial impressions you have of that hike because this is one of the marquee hikes of uh, of Zion. I can tell you that this personally, the Narrows was the hardest one that I experienced on the trip. Uh, not obviously for elevation because you're in the river, um, there's no elevation, but just because it's, it's not hiking like you're used to hiking. Uh, you know, the vast majority of, of hikers out there do not hike through a river. And it's not constant in the water. You're in and out, in and out, in and out. But, you know, it, it was the hardest in terms of, and I guess it's, it's probably just knowing or not knowing where your feet are. In other words, yeah. you, you, you're not, you can't see where you're stepping. And, you know, you don't usually don't think about that when you're, when you're hiking on land, obviously, uh, because you can just assume that the, the rock is there or the, or the ground is there. But it's a whole different ball game where you don't know what you're stepping on. So, you know, you have to kind of feel your way through the hike. You know, the first mile and a half, I believe, is, is on ground. And then if you feel like you want to adventure on that's when you put on your water shoes and you get into the river there are a couple things that i would recommend and brian you can chime in but i would recommend the gear that they have out there for for uh, as a rental uh you do need water shoes now some people 
while we we're out there, didn't have water shoes. And I could tell you, I didn't have the water shoe rentals. Uh, I had, I basically wore diving boots. And I know Brian and John had some water shoes, and they can tell that story. They didn't have the hard cover water shoes. And the hard cover water shoes basically allows you to kind of bang against the rock and, and not mess up your feet. You know, I would recommend those, those hard cover shoes and the neoprene socks that they, they rent out there. Most people did have them wisely. Some people wore the TiVos. That was not wise, you know, in my opinion. Um, you can see that there's no way you could have avoided banging up your feet with the rocks. The current was, you know, the current at times was pretty strong. At the lower time, the river was low. The deepest water I got into or we got into, uh, as long as you follow the basic path that people before you and were going in, maybe up to our waist, Brian, what do you think, up to the waist? Yeah, there were a couple of times I took a, you know, it's it's like you said, you know, you take a wrong step and where you think you're ankle deep, suddenly, you know, you're up to your thigh. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take the hit here. I, I You know, I, I'm with you, man. You know, I think renting the hardcover water shoes, and there's a couple outfitters in town, Zion Adventure Company is one. I think that's the way to go. We, we bought or John and I bought water shoes thinking that that'll suffice. And the water shoes were fine, but, you know, they're, they're water shoes that are fine for, like, a, you know, I'll, I'll be local for the Long Island Sound because the Long Island Sound is a glacial deposit, so there's rocks there. But it's just so you don't cut up your feet. Where this, for a hike, and this is a hike, a 10-mile hike, uh, the water shoes we had were, I'm lucky I didn't turn an ankle or worse, right? So right. Uh, we, we made it through. It was, you know, look, here's the other thing. It was spectacular. And we, we started out in great weather, uh, so partly cloudy, sunny, so the sun was coming down through the canyon. We had, we, it wasn't crowded. We, we were able to go out, uh, you know, without a big crowd around. And we made it all the way up yeah, to it wasn't, it wasn't Big crowded Springs. At all. No. It wasn't crowded at all. We made it all the way up to Big Springs, which is the, the furthest you can go without a permit. Uh, there were backcountry, there were some backcountry people who had permits who were hiking down after, I guess, overnighting. And we saw some of them, but uh, we, we did that hike. But, you know, some of it's slow going, some of it's a little rough. Uh, but, you know, you're in, it's almost disorienting because you're in this narrow, narrow canyon. Uh, you see a sliver of sky above, and you're walking on rocks that have been smoothed out by the river uh but it was it was a spectacular hike but arduous not how you usually think you know i thought when you usually think of an arduous hike you're thinking all right elevation switchbacks rock scramble uh this was pretty flat but it was arduous because you know the water was so murky your footfalls were you had to question every footfall and take your time and you know shame on me i was not wearing the right i wasn't wearing tevas but i wasn't wearing uh, as sturdy of water shoes as I should have. Uh, now, now here's the other thing. So we got up to, so we made it all the way to, by the way, you can turn around whenever you want, but we went all the way up to um, the springs, uh, which I thought was pretty cool to see those springs come out. And Dave, you actually filled our water bottles using your filter. So that was our water on the way back that yeah. came right out of the spring. Um, but man, when we came back, so the weather turned a little bit. We got a, a shower, which was uh I thought not also a benefit because suddenly we saw some instant waterfalls. Um, they were just really pretty waterfalls right. that all of a sudden out of nowhere you'll just see it. Yeah, and you'll see the water coming over the rocks, and then all of a sudden you have a hundred foot waterfall right in front of you. It, it was really cool to see. 
Uh, that being said, none of us had rain gear. None of us out of the three of us carried a, a poncho or, or any sort of rain gear. So if you are going out there, just please know that it could rain at any point, any time of the day. So, you know, you might want to pack a, a poncho. Certainly, you know, the $4 that it costs it might, might be worth it, especially if you have a backpack with some gear in it. So, so here's the thing, and this is, this is kind of our shibboleth. You know, we, we were coming back, and we, we were making comments to one another because as we were coming back, uh, you know, this is about, I don't know, I can't remember now, noon, 1 o'clock or so, the crowds were starting to, to come up the trail. And so there was some rain, and we started seeing more families. So a couple, I think I could group them, Dave, if you would agree with me, in two groups, right? There were the families that were thoughtful about seeing the outfitter, and they had, I noticed the kids were in dry suits, and they had the boots on. That was category one, and they seem, you know, they seem to be fine. I, I, I don't. I think my kids. I don't know what you think. I think my kids, seven and four, probably too little. But you know, if they were nine, nine I think those seven, that, that'd be fine. Group, groups of fifteen to twenty kids, all. Yeah, I, I think they're a little older. I would say, well, ten to twelve. Yeah, ten to twelve, ten to fourteen. Then you're fine, right? And I think. I think if you have little kids, it's it's tough sledding. Uh, but and here's the other thing. So the other group, um, I'm leaving the jury here because I know what you're going to say. But then we saw some parents. I remember seeing a woman in a sundress and her husband in sneakers crossing the river. And again, uh, you know, you don't you're not sure of your footfall. And he had his six year old daughter on his shoulders. And you know, it was just a it was just an accident waiting to happen. And and you know, thankfully we didn't see anything. But I think we talked about this for families. I think the hike is doable for older kids if they're outfitted well and you respect it. But, uh, I mean, what do you think about that? I've brought my family to rivers, obviously, and I've let them walk in the river. And they love it. Kids love to do that. And they walk on the, you know, if a tree is, is over the river, they'll walk and try to cross the tree. But there's a couple things that you need to know. There was nothing to stop the kid that's on on the father's shoulders that father slipped it's a it's a six foot fall you know just like snowboarding the first thing that kid his head hits first rocks everywhere so you know it's just something that you got to think it's not something that for for smaller children that first mile and a half is dry land and you can see the river and then you can have your children walk you know up into the river i just want to recommend going too far personally with with children uh you know small children i've had my experience with where my child breaks down and just throws a fit you know so that's not something i want to be in a situation where now i'm in a river and that happens that mile and a half walk and then you can see the river you can get in the river but i would probably not if you ask me with my children my oldest being eight i, I wouldn't take her too far up the river yeah now it's it's uh it's it's that is as we talked about emerald pools being nice beginner hike good hike for kids this one is definitely an arduous hike this is a difficult hike and i think i think just I'd take care, right? Uh, again, no regrets. It was for us. It was a spectacular. Right. Although, if you remember, when we were done with that hike, uh, we all of us were walking wounded to greater or lesser extent, right? So, so whether it's just sore knees, sore for me, just uh, remember that my my big toe and the top, for whatever reason, the top of my foot sure. was uh, was pretty sore. It's, it's hard hiking. It's, it's different. It's, it's hard different hiking. hiking. Yeah. So if you remember, we, we so then at that point, and we'll talk about the campsite later. We were staying in Watchman Campground, but so we get back, 
And I don't know if you remember this, Dave, but then so, so John wanted to put his feet up. But we decided for a cool-down hike, and we did the Watchman hike at dusk. Oh, which, uh, the campground. That's right. Yeah, which so it emanated right from the Watchman campground is do the Watchman hike. And I thought that was that was a treat because doing a, a, a hike at dusk, and Watchman's one of those uh, that's recommended to do it at sunset, it was pretty good to see, the I thought, the light of the magic hour. Um, and, again, the contrast of after being in uh, – you know, 50-degree water uh, up to our ankles, up to our waist for most of the day. To do that hike, uh, the Watchman hike, coming from the Watchman Trail, kind of going up one of the one of the inclines to get a pretty good view of the Virgin River and the park, I thought that was pretty cool. That, that was a great way to end the day. Yeah, oh, man, I enjoyed that hike. It wasn't too difficult. You know, it's from the campground, the first, I don't know, mile maybe. There's no elevation at all. You got to get, you have to weave your way through the campground. Then you start going up a little bit. I don't know what the length of that trail is uh, to the peak where off one of those uh, rims where you can see that sunset. Uh, you know, I think yeah. it's less than five miles, I think, round trip. But my favorite, of course, on that hike I got to see my first rattlesnake I've ever yeah. seen in my life. So if you remember that, Brian, when we were walking back, it had just, you know, I, it wasn't dark. Well, I guess we did. We had, we had our headlights on. So we were coming down, and we came across. I don't know if you heard it. Brian, did you hear it first, or did you see it first? I, I heard it, but I didn't, I didn't know, being an East Coast guy, I didn't know what I heard was a rattle. I just heard... I heard something in, in the bush, and uh, <laughs> I, had a headlamp, I had the headlamp on right. and uh, shined right on it. Yeah, no that that is uh, that that was a sight for me. Um, I had a couple of firsts on this trip. Uh, the other first we'll talk about when we talk about Angels Landing. But you know, for me, being a, a wildlife enthusiast, particularly birds, but wildlife is something that I always, always, always look for when uh, I'm on these trips. And you know, rattlesnake it just has always eluded me up until this point. I've been out in the West many times, but I've never seen one. So Western Rattler, that's the one that's in Zion. This was about three feet long. Big enough, yeah. certainly big enough. We did get a couple pictures. You don't want to approach a rattlesnake. You never want to approach a rattlesnake. That rattle, of course, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, the rattle is a warning saying that I am here. You know, I, I don't want to bite you, but if you get closer, I will. It was a sight, man. It, it was great. It was great. We got a couple pictures with it, you know, a couple cameos. So it, it was nice. It, it, it was a nice hike overall. I mean, it was a nice evening hike. Not too strenuous, uh, nice. We obviously did the Narrows that day and the Washman, you know, that evening. So um, doable, uh, and and it really, really capped that day for us. So it's a, it's just the the Watchman the Watchman hikes uh, less than three miles. I don't think we did. We may have done a couple miles because then it just got dark and we we passed around. I, so yeah, I think you. I think at the top you see. Um, I think you see the what is it the towers of the Virgin, but we didn't see we didn't get up that far, and it goes up Bridge Mountain just technically. But for us, it was just a cool down hike back to the campsite in our tents, uh, and then up next morning, same thing. Second, maybe it wasn't the second shuttle bus out. We uh, we took I think uh, the third or fourth, and we hit uh, the famous Angels Landing. So of course, Angels Landing. Is the uh, is the hike I think that that part of Zion or at least Zion is known uh, best for, uh, where you go up the spine of a mountain to the top, and that is the uh, again it's the highlight it's the highlight hike that a lot of people do, uh, but I, you know, we'll talk about this bit, the fact that a lot of people do it. But uh, so again we woke up some of us uh, a little bit walking wounded, 
and then we uh we hit Angel's Landing. So Angel's Landing's about only about five and a half miles, which is kind of crazy, Dave, to think about because it seems like such a long hike. But it's the uh, it's the ascension which which uh, which gets you. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about Angel's Landing. It is the most well known hike in that area of the park, certainly if not the whole park, uh, Angel's Landing, and rightly so. This is the hike for the I mean all the views are breathtaking but just the sheer notion that you are doing rock scrambles and and you are you know you have um, drop-offs on both sides of the trail and you know these are things that people strive to see these are things that it's it's hard to find to be able to do this in a safe manner uh, which Angels Land yeah. uh, the National Park Service of course does a, r- a really good job so it allows here's the, here's the thing with that hike that I thought was also so, you know, hikes are spectacular, and the scenery was spectacular. I thought it was such an interestingly engineered hike, right? So this just wasn't a, a path cut in the woods somewhere, right? You're, you're no. going up a mountain, so there were switchbacks, but the switchbacks were built, within, you know, into the side of the mountain, so it almost blends in, and it was just it was very wonderfully landscaped as well. So I thought that engineering was in and of itself was pretty cool yeah uh so i and that was that's at the beginning and you, you kind of hit uh uh it reminds me of what is it lombardi street or lombard street in san francisco that's walter's wriggles they call it which was named after i guess the 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 park manager who imagined this yeah so you, you just hit those and you're just going straight up on those switchbacks right there's relentless and then even right if you remember even before the switchbacks were uh, the refrigerator canyon. So there's there's a lot of different um, aspects to this hike. You're absolutely right. It's not just the walk through the woods or the walk up a canyon. There's a lot of different things going on in this hike. And the refrigerator canyon is you're going where the sun basically doesn't hit you. It's a nice, nice uh, reprieve. It wasn't hot when we were there, but you know, you were sweating when you were walking in elevation. Refrigerator Canyon, then wheel switchbacks. What do you think there were? I, I, I have to look it up how many switchbacks there were. But, yeah, they, they were short. You know, I, I like I said, when we started this, I did the Grand Canyon, and they were long switchbacks. But, uh, you know, these weren't undoable. I mean, they were definitely doable. It's just you had to take your time. And, you know, as long as you take your time, you rest and you look around, it really allows you to gain that elevation, of course, to get to that next part of the hike, which is just what people want to see. So yeah, you, to set the stage, you're you're ascending on traditional switchbacks uh pretty much immediately. And I don't know, that figure there's about a let's say a dozen. Uh then you hit Refrigerator Canyon, you're right. And I that was I think the most underrated part of the hike was Refrigerator Canyon because you come out of the switchbacks and it was the morning, we were in the sun. Uh you hit this canyon, which is just uh, first off. There's you're not ascending anymore. It's actually descended a little bit, but it was kind of a straight hike in this narrow slot of the canyon with, and it was wooded, right? So it was, right. suddenly you see a different landscape, and and you're right. And there's no sun hitting you, so you get to catch your breath a little bit, get out of the sun. And we were there, and this was already the October first, I think, or second. I can only imagine if you were doing that hike in July how nice that canyon would feel. Oh, after, they, uh, in fact, the they warn you against that beating sun on you when you first start. So, um, you know, would definitely, definitely be welcomed. Which is a good point, too. Uh, again, this is another thing for being an East Coast guy and, and used to humidity is, uh, 
and I had to remind myself, I, I thought I would be drinking enough water. And I don't think I was because that the dry, you know, it was obviously the, the dry, arid desert air, not used to it. So I found myself not drinking enough water because I wasn't sweating buckets like you do in the humidity and yeah. on the East Coast. That's a mistake, right? I should have been been drinking a lot of water and uh, a little bit more water. Nothing, nothing ever happened, but I, I don't think I drank enough water. But so you, the point is, and then you come out of, to your point, Dave, you come out of. Uh, you come out of Refrigerator Canyon, and then you hit Walter's Riggles, which is actually 21. And these are tight, tight switchbacks that you know that look like uh, uh, Lombardi Street in in San Francisco. And uh, and even then, you're not there yet, right? Uh, <laughs> so you uh. you do that, and you're 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 being more and more rewarded with higher elevation and and better uh, better views, but you're still not there. That's yet. correct, yeah. But at the top of those switchbacks through Refrigerator Canyon, I guess that's Three miles in, two and a half miles in, we do get an area where they have the sign saying that, you know, beyond this point is where you're going to start doing some rock scrambles. Uh, nicely done again, there is a bathroom up there. It's a porta potty, but there's a bathroom up there. Some people choose to turn around right there, but most people, you know, decide to go on. This is the most famous hike for this park. You'd really want to get up early, get out there on the first couple of buses, get up to Angel's Landing because we saw, and we were fairly early. We had a nice breakfast that morning, so you know we weren't as early as we could have been. But you know we we did see crowds coming in right right at this point is where we saw you know people coming off of it, you know coming down, and then of course by the time we came down, it was it was pretty congested if you remember, Ron. It was it was yeah. Well, let's let's talk about with that final. 70 feet look like and then and then let's talk about the crowds because that's important mm-hmm. so you get to the the stage as you said where there is a uh, a bathroom that last 70 feet so you see that sign and and i don't know do you remember do you remember what that sign said about safety about uh, since 2004 yeah, I do you remember, remember how many deaths there were right is that what it is yeah Six so it said, uh, something since yeah something like that since 2004 and so you 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 go along a narrow spine, right? And and uh, what do you think about five feet across? Uh, on the on the trail, there isn't a trail. Well, there's not really a trail at this point, but yeah, I would say about five feet across, five six feet across. There there is that spine. It, it drops off, right? If you are at all scared of heights, you don't want to be on this right. part of the trail. But or you conquer your fear, right? Certainly daunting. I I, I got to tell you, I myself as an avid hiker, and I have been in elevation. When I first started walking and I first started looking around, I I was a little bit nervous, you know. I mean, it's something yeah. where you start thinking about, wow, geez, what if I did slip and this and that? That's something that you just have to keep in mind and you just have to follow the rules of the trail. And as you're walking, you want to use trail etiquette, you know, which we did find most people were doing. Uh, we'll talk about it when, when we talk about going back down. Again, I think it was just too many people by that point. But if you remember, Brian, they had, of course, the chain set yeah. up where people who are not familiar with this hike, you know, the, the chains are, they basically have chains in the rock that you can hold on to just so, you know, because you're at an angle, obviously. You're on a, you're, you're on a cliff. You know, that's basically, you, you are on a part of the canyon, and it drops off, you know. So as you're walking, you do want to use that, that chain. There are times when you have to go straight up over rocks. I mean straight up. You, you have a couple of footholds there. We have to go up and over rocks while looking at a drop-off, which could be upwards of 1,000 yeah. feet down. 
So it's a it's a it's that seventy feet all over that thin saddle, which is wild you know wily coyote type of type of action where there's a drop on each side. And then it's another half mile rock scramble with with uh, as you said with these aided uh, uh, chains and and handrails that are bolted into the rock face. Then you get to the top. Then you're at Angel's Landing, and and you're the big winner. And and so we we got up there and. Uh, had our break and had some great panoramic views, and you can see down into the the valley, the, the scenic drive. Uh, that was great. And then, uh, so two things: we we on the way back down. You want to talk about the next piece of wildlife that we? For, for, and this was for me the highlight. The, the other piece of wildlife that we saw. Let me first say, just just to finish this up, if you're at that point and, and you're trying to decide, well, should I keep going? Keep going? Keep going? First. You want to keep safety in mind always uh, of yourself and the people around you. But if you at all can keep going, man, is it worth it? It, it is so worth it to get to that top. To get, certainly, it's just a personal achievement yeah. just to say to yourself that, you know, you did get to, to the peak. But, I mean, you're talking about just panoramic all the way around, 360 degree, just beauty. It, it is just staggering beauty. What Brian was saying is on the way down, it's single file most of the way, aided with chains, and you would have to wait for people coming up, and that's how narrow it can be. If you're going back down, sometimes you have to wait, and that's what I mean by trail etiquette. You know, you just have to use that trail etiquette while people are coming up, and then they let you go down. So as we were going down, we had an opportunity to see some soaring birds, some soaring raptors, and, you know, I recognized them as certainly a vulture right away, but uh, very quickly, I did see those white patches underneath the wings, and Brian saw it as well, where we saw California condors. Yeah. Now, if, if you're not familiar with the California condor, I mean, they were, at some point, and forgive me if I don't know the exact numbers, but you're talking about under 100 birds left in all of the wild. So... You know, you're talking about as quickly endangered uh, as can be. And there has been a concerted effort to bring these birds back where they did get to a point where they are releasing some birds. And we knew that they could be seen in Zion and, and, and I think Canyon. Our heads, if you remember, Brian, they flew yeah. really just right over our heads. And, man, was it, it was a sight to see. It, it, it was yeah. my highlight as well. I told you I am an avid bird watcher, so... You know, to see that, uh, you know, I text my dad right away. It really was amazing. So we we got some good video too that we'll put up, but it's uh, it's it was it was great to see, and it was st- it, staggering on the wingspan, which is something like eight, six, seven, eight feet. It was just a they're they're massive massive birds. Um, so no, that again, we're there for the scenery. We're there for the hike. Uh, the bonus is when you get to see the wildlife. So already, uh, here we are, you know, in our trip on our second big hike and tarantula, rattlesnake, California condor. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool to, to see, to see that into the wildlife. But here's where I want to bring it back, Dave, to again, kind of the family aspect or your kids aspect of Angel's Landing. So it's pretty obvious, no joking around. Angel's Landing is a difficult hike. So, you know, and I know I'm with, you're with me here. I know on our way back down, we saw a woman on her way up with a her child in the uh, kind of the hiking carrier. And look, all credit for her for you know getting her you know getting her hike in and not letting her kid hold her back. But you know, I don't want to pass judgment. Man, that seemed that seemed pretty risky 
to be going on that rock scramble a thousand feet up uh and you you have your kid on your back just made me super nervous to see that what would you think yeah th- these are things that i guess you know we are aware of as as being fathers and and you're right we don't want to make uh, or make a judgment on somebody else and you know i i don't know the situation all i know is what what, what we saw and you know she had she was doing it the right way let me it was not like the person we had talked about before who just had yeah. a kid on her shoulders in a river you know right. this, this this lady um, the child was secured in a backpack that was made to hold the child. So the child was strapped in. I don't want, I don't want people to think that we witnessed somebody who was just carrying a kid up, yeah. up these, uh, That's uh, true. these, these, uh, passageways. But again, you know, you, you are taking another person, uh, with you that has no control of the situation at all. So God forbid that you did slip, fall, you know, you now are jeopardizing you, you, another person's life on top of yours. So it's just one of those things where, again, we, it's perfectly legal. She she had every right to do it. It's just you, know, you got to think, you got you got you got to think about what you're doing before you you know you make that you you make that call. I, I can tell you personally, I would not have done that. I don't think you would, or, or John certainly would not have. Um, but it's just one of those things where you have to be aware of of what you're getting into. It's tough. I, I I don't have an answer for this. You know, on the way back down, I thought about it, and, and you know, I think we were talking about this, if I recall, that, you know, it's almost as though it's definitely a hike at your own risk type of hike. I, I didn't see a ranger at all up or down that hike. But no. once you got to that final ascent, you know, where the where the the bathrooms were that before that thin saddle and then up to up to the Angel's Landing. It's almost it's almost as though they needed a traffic cop there, especially on our way down when it was probably getting super busy, because you had people impatient not going along the quote trail, but kind of scrambling their own way to get around folks coming down. It just seemed pretty dodgy, and at the same time, I, you know, park service is stretched as it is, and so they can't have everyone up there. You, you can't put a traffic light up there, so I don't know exactly what the what the answer is. But uh, given the crowds and, and given, and again, same thing in Narrows. On our way back down, we saw some of the more casual hikers, and I saw, you know, people in, uh, you know, wearing sweaters and jeans hiking up Angel's Landing. And, uh, it, you know, it, at, at some point you're wondering, like, how – I'm shocked that more people haven't been hurt up there. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's great to see that, on the other hand, the positive is such a hard, arduous hike that it's definitely the people's hike. There was a, you know, there was definitely a great amount of people heading up that trail, and it, it's certainly something that's not easy. I think everyone else was like looking to looking for an achievement as well. So, uh, I mean, what a what a spectacular hike! The fact that they can do that volume, you know, on, on a trail like that, and overall, everybody ends up with a positive experience. Now, all of a sudden, are coming off the trail. That was not common you know we probably saw three people do that four people do it you know that's one of the things that's one of my pet peeves you know uh to get off the trail there's a there's many reasons why you don't want to do that uh whether it's safety you know you could be kicking rock and 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 be hitting something below you you could be trampling over vegetation that they uh definitely do not want you to trample over you know there's just no reason for it so you know be patient people you know, understand your surroundings, understand that everybody has a common goal. And, again, you want to follow that trail etiquette. You just want to, 
you know, be patient. There were a couple of blind spots, what Brian was saying before, you know, where you can't even see the people who are coming up on the other side. And, and that's what, what Brian was saying about maybe somehow trafficking, you know, whether it is some sort of, uh, you know, something in the future that they might do. But in the end, it was a wonderful experience, even with those people. It didn't get to the point where I was like, oh, my gosh, it's just way too crowded. Yeah. Two, three o'clock, we were down, I, I, I'm pretty sure. You know, and people were still going, Bob, you know, I, I don't know if they would go all the way, but they, they were still going up. So, you know, as, as for the gear, you know, you, we did see people who were in sneakers, certainly. We did see people who were in the jeans, and I can tell you that I went up in, in hiking shoes that were probably well-worn, a little too worn the next day. So, you know, you want to use the right gear. You want to make sure you're prepared uh, for, for this hike because you want to be able to enjoy it. We had another cool-down hike. If you remember, we don't have to talk long about this, but... uh. We went. Uh, we did the Parus Trail, which we actually just got off the bus at the uh, museum, and which was fine. We walked around there a little bit, and then the Parus Trail is an ADA trail, uh, super easy. And actually, we just wanted to kind of cool down and and, hi- and just take a walk back to our campsite, uh, Watchman Campground. But actually, I really like that. I like that little hike too. We we you know hiking along the scenic drive. We hiked over some meadows, uh, then along the Virgin River, and then along the South Campground too, which is the other campground. So uh, that I, for whatever reason, I really enjoyed that that hike. Is just kind of again another contrast to just kind of the uh, the gnarly hike of Angels Landing. This this nice gentle walk along the river, along other campgrounds. I thought that was pretty cool too. Any 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 other comments on on that trail? It, it's you know it's a wide hike. If you remember, it was it was a wide wide trail and. Yeah, you know, if I remember, it was uh, one of the few, if not the only, where you can bike it. Uh, people were uh, able to bike that trail, so um, it could it could be walked or or biked uh, through that area. And you know, follows the Virgin River, no elevation, but you know, you get to see some of the the vegetation associated with that low elevation uh, in terms of the river on the you know in the river uh, basin. And it, it was a nice hike. It, it was, you know, certainly as a quote-unquote after the Angel Landing um, hike, you know, this was a hike that really allowed us to just relax, look around, enjoy the surroundings, uh, wide open, so there was nobody really around at that time of the day. So it, it was a nice hike uh, on the Proust Trail, just getting back to the campground, honestly. So, uh, so we're back to the campground, and we'll, we'll, we'll end with our campsite but uh, our last day, our last full day of hiking, we so we leave the main area, the scenic drive area, and we went up to Collab Canyon. So we had to leave the park, drive around, uh, re-enter the park at uh, the the, uh, the northern entrance called uh, uh, the Collab Canyon. So higher elevation, and this was how we ended basically ended our trip. Uh, Again, Dave, I thought this was, again, contrast, right? So now we're at higher elevation. The leaves were changing. Definitely fall was, you felt that it was fall, a little bit chillier. So we we definitely bundled up, not bundled up, but I definitely wore a fleece and I had a hat on. So it was a little bit chillier, but we were able to hike through a forest. Uh, again, with still the spectacular red rocks surrounding us. But uh, So if you remember, we got there, uh, we went to, kind of an observation area, kind of uh, the canyon overlook. 
yes. at the end of a paved road. Yep. We drove back. We got out, and we did the Taylor Creek Middle Fork hike, which was about five miles. Yep. And uh, I thought pretty pretty easy. It, it's uh, not ADA, so you know, you, you, if you're with kids, watch where you're going. There's routes and that sort of thing. But uh, and it's five miles. But uh, I thought that was a nice family hike too. And we well, actually, uh, you know, not to be snarky, the joke was I think we were the youngest people on the trail. We saw we also saw a lot of senior citizens on the trail, and good on them. So we. Uh, That's right. But that, yeah, they were. That was a. Nothing. Yeah, that was a great trail along along uh, along creeks, and then we saw. You want to talk about the cabins we saw? That was also kind of a contrast to what we were used to seeing. Yeah, those those that hike was. Um, you know, I guess these cabins. There were two cabins on that trail, and hundreds. I think they were late eighteen, early. You probably you probably have the dates, but I'll say early nineteen uh, hundreds. And uh, walked you know walk on the trail, and and we would see these pretty pretty interesting. You would you know, look off the trail a little bit and, and you would see this one room cabin, um, that was built, you know, obviously out of the trees around that area. And, um, it was a little eerie, but fascinating by people or, or a person would be living in, in these, this area, some old person that was there. I don't know if, if people were living in there after the, after the person built it, but, um, two, two cabins in the trail. The trail was great. I, we had talked about bringing our, our, our girls. You have to take your time. Twin trees ends in this, you know, water ate away at it, and that's where we ate lunch, and that was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, the double arch alcove is what that's called, like a natural amphitheater, right? So that, that's, that's right. Yeah, that was, really, that was really cool to end there after hiking through the forest uh, with leaves changing. You're right, the aspen. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a, yeah. a pretty, a, a, again, slightly chillier, but it was totally, uh, especially the time of year we went, it was, it was right. well done. You know, it was a lot, it was a lot less crowded up there. It really was. Now we, we, we were only there for the one part of the, uh, of the park, which we, we won't comment on too much because we didn't see it. it was, you know, driving through the tunnel through or under, I guess you'd say that, but we ended up going to this call up and where not a ton of people, most people go to that main strip main area of the park where the virgin river is there but um i'm very happy that we went there it was very pretty up there so so just to to round up because we're we're almost out of time but uh so we missed we didn't get a chance to go to the eastern part of the park which is also great and and of course we didn't do any backcountry uh hiking next time but that's that's all available uh so we stayed at uh watchman campground so uh so talk a little bit about this because uh uh, so the Watchman Campground and South Campground are the two campgrounds on campus. Uh, uh, South Campground is day of reservations, right? Uh, first come, first serve. Uh, Watchman Campground reservations, we made our reserva- reservations in advance. So uh, well-maintained, well-groomed, put up our tent. Uh, I, I thought it was totally fine. Uh, we And we weren't too far from... Uh, weren't too far, no matter where you are, not too far from the restrooms or, or anything like that. And again, you're sleeping kind of in the shadow of, in the canyon of the, of the great red rocks. And it's, it's fantastic. So uh, any comment on the, any comment on the, the campgrounds, Dave? We did have an issue, if you remember, with our neighbors. Listen, this is just, 
a product of more people wanting to go camping and camping for their own reasons. And, you know, I have my reasons for going camping. It might not be the same as, as somebody else yeah. who decides to go <laughs> camping. But we also, if you remember, were there on a weekend. So there are people yeah. who are going to go camping just for the weekend. Very soon after we set up the tent, you know, we're trying to soak it all in. We're trying to look around and, and see what's going on. And, and you know, we're, we're fighting over the tent, although, Brian, you had the instant tent where you just throw it and it just kind of just <laughs> right. opens up on its own. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do all these things and look around, and, and very quickly you start to hear a lot of music, a lot of whatever music they were listening to, techno or, or rave music, house music, whatever it was. And, you know, our neighbors, there were, <laughs> you I guess, so old kids. That. You know, I don't fantastic. know what their age were. I guess we do yeah. kind of like old men. They were college kids. You know, they, they were, were, they were younger, younger people in this one site, and they were playing drinking games. And I'm like... It was two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, they were getting it, they were getting it after it in the afternoon. Some solid, solid day drinking. <laughs> Just it, and it, they obviously had been going for a while because you know quickly we had noticed that boy they were really really loud you know so yeah I gotta tell you Brian though you know quiet hours quiet hours so you know that's one of those things where. We had we had talked to the people who were running the show there, and uh, they had said they were going to get a ranger in the area. We did not see one um, that day. And again, we don't know what the cash situation is with the National Park Service, but all I can tell you is we did not see one. You know that day, we don't know how what their range is and how far they have to travel. So that was Saturday night, so they were out of there by Sunday. So it was only one night where yeah. Yeah. it was loud, and you know that that was the that was the issue, the only it issue with the, with the it, camper. It, Everything else worked out really, really well, especially certainly the fact that you can just walk to the bus. That was great. Yeah, so here's my here's my thing with that, and I, I had thought about this a little bit because uh, suddenly the shoe's on the other foot. It doesn't seem that long ago that that could have been me in the campground uh, having a good time. Oh, yeah, you know, we've all done. Tie my, tie my shirt around my head. But they uh, these guys, and it was, I don't know, a dozen or so, They, they uh, I guess there it wasn't just us. There were other other people in campsites who had already who had already complained and it was a it was a volunteer ranger right so it was a guy in a golf cart who was not a nps yeah retiree so so you know not a guy exactly well equipped for crowd control that's right and clearly he wanted no part of breaking up this you know 12 college kids uh standing on their heads situation and kind of just hoping it would it would dissipate on itself so look, mostly I'm okay with that. Do what you have to do during the day. I guess my, you know, going back to thank God it was just us, because if we had our kids with us, that's the thing that it was, it wasn't just rowdy. Like it was, it was getting a little Percy. yeah, it was getting a little out of hand, right? And not family friendly, uh, or not. Let's put it this way: not respectful to any, you know, everyone around, right? And so as much as I want to give college kids enough rope to enjoy the parks, because Dave, you know, one of the big issues are not enough, not enough younger people are using the parks. So good on them that they're there hanging out. But there was that line, fine line, two things of, of these guys were, were kind of getting after it too much and that the park service didn't, weren't well equipped to just rein them in. I, had, I, did, I didn't think they were bad people. I think if a ranger... Uh, or law enforcement stopped by and said, hey, cut it out, that probably would have ended it. But since no one stopped by to cut it out, uh, they went on, and or the worst thing, it, it would have been up to, like, 
one of us, and that's just always a bad scene. You know, if, if one of us went over there or one of our neighbors went over there and said, cut it out. And then, you know, with all the alcohol, then it could have been a bad scene. So flying the ointment, right? They were gone by Sunday and, uh, you know, didn't bother me at all. But I guess they had, they raged on a bit after uh, quiet hours. Is that, am I remembering that right? Or That's right. So, and again, you got to understand, again, just know your neighbors here a little bit. Everybody is just so tired off of hiking. I remember the neighbors on the other side were, were uh, canyoneering. So, you know, they were be tired. And then you get back to your campground and my God, you can't fall asleep. So. Um, no, it was fine with me. I had my iPhone, so, you know, I could just pop in some ocean waves, you know, from the East Coast. Oh, that's right. You did that. You did that. I remember you did that. Yeah. That was the only issue with the campground. Everything else was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, that and that wraps it about up. That's about uh, that's about the size of our trip report. So, we, we, we hit all the major, I think we hit the major hikes in the Narrows. Angels Landing. Uh, it was nice for me. It was also nice to do something. I always love that in the park is to do something off the beaten track. Uh, so Collab Canyon was nice. Again, it wasn't backcountry, but it was nice to get to the northwest part of the park and another entrance, see another elevation. Uh, that was that was a highlight as well. Um, and then you know another highlight for me was the um, which was unexpected was the wildlife right the. From the tarantula, the rattlesnake, and the condors were just fantastic. I'm, I'm leaving out. We saw turkey and we saw a, a billion deer. But a lot of mule deer. A, a lot of mule deer. So it, it it was just it was just great, man. So listen, I, I appreciate you giving the trip report here. It was fun to relive Zion a little bit. I've been flipping through the pictures as we've been talking. So uh, what a great trip. Oh yeah, wonderful, wonderful time. Definitely, I'm going to go back to Zion. I'm going to try some backpacking. You know, something we didn't have an opportunity to do. You know, way to get off the off the beaten path. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot, and thanks for doing this on a Sunday night, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Right. Okay, good night. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to Everybody's National Parks. You can find show notes about this episode on our website, everybodysnationalparks.com. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and if you like us, please write us a review and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.